0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio.
1: Welcome to the High Velocity Radio show where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Clean Sweep Consulting and Love Bigger, Miss Jen Hurd. How are you?
0: Hi there, Stone. Doing great. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, it is my pleasure. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. I got a ton of questions. We probably won't get to them all, but I I think a good place to start would be if you could articulate for me and our listeners, mission, purpose, what are you really out there trying to do for folks?
0: Well, as a professional organizer, on the first... Part of my life. Um, I started out um, helping people organize their homes, just get things straight. And then it evolved over the years. And now, what I really do and what I've really honed in on is helping people charitably downsize. So, um, what my market ended up becoming and what I really love is working with people who are getting rid of stuff to sort of get really clear on their own mission. And that's become then my mission. Um, and then I help them find charities that they can get on a mission with as well. So, in their local area, there might be a charity that supports uh, maybe something in their life that they've been through themselves. And that's always a great way to give back. And it really motivates people to let go of things and, and get, you know, tuned in with what they really want in their home. So that's the, the main, you know, crux of my being right now. Uh, and we'll talk about some other things, I'm sure, down the course of the interview.
1: What a marvelous idea and a terrific service Take me back to the beginning. What's the backstory? How did you get involved in in this line of work in the first place?
0: I was born to an OCD mom and became one myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's really how it started. Um, I always said to people, just put my OCD to work for you while I'm here Um, because I don't sit still. Well, I never have. So when I was in high school, I nannied for about 15 families. Well, it started out as one or two. And then of course, they told two friends and they told two friends because they'd come home and all the cans in the pantry be lined up and all the toys <laughs> the, the whole house would be wiped down clean. So they were like, this babysitter actually works. Um, so, yeah, so that that was how it turned out. I ended up with a lot of families um, that I worked for and I got really good at it. And then um, when my daughter was little, I wanted the flexibility of time. That was the biggest thing. I, I, I moved mm-hmm. back to Michigan when she was five and I said, you know, I'm going to. Make a list. What do I love doing? What do I have so much fun doing? Uh, and the biggest part of that was, you know, being involved with families, helping them out with their kids, their busy lives and just making things nice for them. I just, that's my wiring. Uh, so I, I absolutely love what I do. I've loved it for over 15 years now and, and counting. So, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. so as a couple, a husband and wife, family, as they're thinking about maybe engaging a professional organizer, are there certain, I don't know, milestone events, times in their life, times of the year that are, man, you really ought, this is a really good time to reach out and consider doing that.
0: Yeah. It's interesting when you do this for so many years, you see the cycles, you know, throughout the year, the seasonality of it. Um, There's really two big seasons for us. Uh, Obviously holiday up and down. We, 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 Set up everyone's holiday displays and help them store all the stuff away when it's over. Um, And also integrate gifts and things that may have entered the home and get rid of some things that maybe now can move out of the home. So those, you know, type seasonal uh, events are great. Uh, Changing closets in and out in the spring and fall women love. But the the big season for us is always moving season, especially being a downsizer. Mm. The realtors start calling us about this time of year, mid-February when we get a 50 degree day and they're like, when can you start on you know these five houses we want to list in the spring so we get really busy with helping people clear and depersonalize get ready for pictures and all of that so we we have a really uh, a busy spring and summer all the way through that moving season too because we pack them and unpack them and all that so yeah summers are
1: busy <laughs> so working with realtors was that a strategic decision or did that just sort of evolve somehow you got an opportunity and said oh wow this is a great way to
0: I learned how to do it I, when I lived in Arizona, when my daughter was little, I worked at two real estate offices and I helped all of the realtors uh, prep homes for sale in Phoenix. When things were running up like crazy, we were prepping, you know, seven and 10 houses a week to list that weekend. It was crazy. Um, so I got really quick and really good at learning what they needed to show and not show and how to make room, rooms look bigger, how to make spaces look clearer, just in a real quick sweep. So, um, that's why I named it Clean Sweep, ultimately, when I, when I decided what I love to do. I thought, well, I do kind of cut a swath through a space, so let's, let's go with the operating theme. So, so that was the name, but it's, uh, it really came from that.
1: So how does the balance uh, of the sales and marketing process work for you? Is it all referral-based, or do you, do you get out there and shake the trees a little bit with some marketing and promotion and that kind of thing? I do. I
0: use my social media well. Um, more and more so lately I used to be a total chicken with that but I have been using reels on Instagram and all kinds of fun things which I've learned you know recent months prior to that it was it was going out and meeting people um walking into an assisted living and saying when people are ready to move here and their families are having those tribulations of what to bring and how mm. to get them to let go of all the other stuff that's not going to fit here you know call us and so we got a lot of referrals that way realtors um because I had worked at those real estate offices so I was used to that environment so I just moved back here and started talking to realtors um just because that was you know my current skill set and most recent thing I had been doing so uh let them know about it and then I had all 15 of those families that I used to work for when I came back probably 75% of them engaged me again in some capacity and still I work for their kids, their grandkids, their <laughs> cousins. So it, yeah, families share me. I just get passed around. <laughs> but then you know, I know them all. I know the grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah.
1: I I find and and I get it. I have the luxury of getting a chance to talk to a lot of very accomplished people. And, and, and they're always so passionate about the work that they're doing from consultants to practitioners in a specific domain. And almost in every case, there are myths or misconceptions or preconceived notions that the, the lay person in the market is holding and it often requires some education or some recentering or are, are there some myths in, in, in your world as well?
0: Yes. Well, there are strong opinions in the organizing field one way or the other, but I hmm. am very holistic and very into sustainability. So I am not a big fan that buying more plastic containers will fix your problem. Uh, Cause I think a lot of people think an organizer is going to come in and take my pantry and make all these nifty plastic containers in here and and all that.
1: Well, there goes my container store sponsorship. (laughs) Well,
0: no, I love them because they carry people like Marie Kondo who have a sustainable line. That's made all of bamboo. They're, they're Uh getting very smart about it. So don't, I I shop at the container store, (laughs) Um, but I use the materials that I want to use Um, because things that go into landfills that are plastic, you know, they never degrade. They don't go away. And so there's a lot of waste there. Um, but a lot of times people don't realize that you can use what you have. A lot of times you have so much there to already work with, um, that you don't even realize. So that's one of the things I do is I try to use what we have at hand. So I'm very cost effective that way. I think people expect organizers to be very expensive because of that. And we're not necessarily, um, they also expect some degree of judgment or, you know, coming in and telling them you're going to do it this way. And they're very trepidatious about shame and blame and that kind of thing. And, One of the biggest things you learn in doing this for a number of years is that you really have to set all all judgment aside and figure out where the person is and where they want to go and enter their world. It's not even about at all what I would want to do in the situation. I might make recommendations, but, you know, you got to empower your client, your customer uh, to really make the choices with what they want to live with and how they want to do it, because they have to on an ongoing basis unless you plan on being back there every week. So uh, that's that's, you know, a few of the misconceptions that people have about that. And um, some people really, you know, the stories people tell themselves are very interesting. They'll say, well, I didn't grow up that way. I just have no concept and I just I don't get it, you know, and they really shut themselves. They count themselves out of the equation and they don't think they can sometimes just because of the nurture part of that, you know, Um, and you can teach yourself to do anything. It's the story you tell. So, and the story you want to tell with your space, if you have people in it, right? What do you mm. what do you want it to show them about you? And so, you have to really work on shifting people's mindset. That's a huge part of what we do: is is mindset, mindfulness, um, and really um, talking about those stories and uh, things people repeat.
1: I'll bet you learn a ton about mm. people just because you're so. It's such an intimate uh, proposition, right? Working with people in their personal spaces. I bet you've become a real student of human emotion, human behavior, that kind of thing, yeah. haven't you?
0: Mhm. Yeah, a lot of people save things that re-injure themselves over and over. And that's something you run into a lot and I really try to work with the positive mindset with people and talk to them about why they're holding on to something and is it more injurious? Is it doing more harm than good? Um I mean, I can't tell you the number of things I found in people's personal spaces that they show themselves every day over and over. It's, it's almost like a self-harming behavior. So there's there's a lot of things to work on with people on how to, you know, safely and kindly remove those damaging things um, and really reset their thought process when they get up in the morning. Um, give themselves, you know, really clear, nice. Sometimes people move their whole business into their bedroom. You know, let's talk about that. Why? is that why what's the intimacy issue
1: so yeah we get get into so much stuff I'll bet so have Mm -hmm. you had the benefit of of one or more mentors as you've grown your business and Mm because you're out there I mean a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs I you know I'm a business owner it's Mm -hmm. um and I know that that we've had the, the luxury of some really great mentors have you had some folks that kind of have helped you navigate that terrain
0: I would say the most wonderful thing I could have done for my business, especially starting out and in recent years, again, um, was to join NAPO, which is the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. But um, I learned a lot. They have a lot of very basic training modules and it kind of, it filled in any gaps that I had. And then in recent years, I've helped write the curriculum that they actually train organizers with across the country on how to style a home for sale, on, on productivity. I did their productivity curriculum with two other women, wonderful women, but having those relationships and that rapport, uh, plus it gives us an opportunity. If we have a question, if anyone's ever encountered this before, et cetera, we have boards where we can post confidentially and, and get feedback from all the different people around the country. We have a global chapter online too that meets, and that's really fun. It's a virtual chapter. And so you can go there and ask questions from all over the world. About you know different cultural distinctions,
1: anything you might run across, what a marvelous resource that is fantastic, <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. and I did not realize that you had written uh, different pieces of curricula for some of this mm-hmm. stuff. I did know, or I thought I remembered in in my show notes that you have written a book. Tell us a little I bit have? more about that.
0: Oh, it's at the editor. It's almost done. Oh. Um, i will I will have it back in about a week um. So, yeah, very excited about it. It's a sort of story from the front kind of book. There's 12 (laughs) chapters that encompass different themes of things that I've encountered over the years in the course of doing this. And there are certain things that just really, as I was thinking about it during COVID, that really sprung to mind as this is something people need to talk about or get to talk about when they, you know, maybe have a small group of women that meet or book clubs or that kind of thing. So, I wrote it with that in mind. And I wrote it with discussion in mind, but I told stories of things that I'd encountered. Obviously, names and dates were changed to protect the disorganized. Um, (laughs) You know, you get the gist of what occurred. And then it has a a sort of a workbook treatment to it. So you finish that theme, that chapter, and you have things to discuss with your group or even just do on your own and work through. So, um, you know, I put it together. So it was like a learning tool, but also something you could use to talk about certain subjects with your family or friends or whoever is having that issue, you know?
1: So did, they're, it, they're all did the book come together pretty easily or were there some parts that were super easy and other parts that you stayed up late at night and you were scratching your head and trying to figure out what to put on the page? What was the process of writing the book like for you?
0: I got a great coach. I did. I got uh, a book coach and okay. she worked with me on it, but we did a lot of zoom calls where we talked through a lot of it before I put it all to paper or I would write a section and we would meet and go through so I had support with that because I I wanted to be careful if there's a couple subjects in there that could be touchy with people um just about some of the personal things you want across. and so I wanted to make sure I treated that carefully um and that it wasn't I didn't want to come off sounding opinionated like I was putting my opinion on it I wanted to make it an open-ended discussion so it was great to have another person to bounce that off of and uh, her husband read it, too, and he loved it, which I thought, oh, this is cool. I got <laughs> I got the men on my side, too, you know? Uh,
1: yeah. Well, so, that's great to know. I will um, share with, I think I was may have shared with you off air. Uh, in fact, it was the way I got into this business was I self-published a, a book a long, long time ago, uh, Jen, when I had black hair. And one of my experiences <laughs> was, and it had some success in the marketplace, but if every copy that I uh, printed in that first printing, if it had remained in mom's garage and we were the only two that ever read it, I still would have counted it a positive experience. Cause I felt like it helped me get a better handle on the work and helped me crystallize and solidify and, and, and articulate, uh, yeah. my work. Has that been your experience as well? Yeah.
0: Cause in this business, every day is so different. You're kind of just in the moment day yeah. to day, but when you do something that crystallizes some of these things. Like you look at these overarching themes and you're like, well, how do I really feel about that? How, how, what do I want to impress upon people was important about encountering that. You know, I had, I had patients or patients, clients, they sort of were like patients. <laughs> Two of them were hoarders over the course of years. I've had a number of them. I did the show hmm. for any number of years ago, 2011. Oh, yeah. Um, and after that, I intermittently would hear from people that knew me and, and refer me, fire marshals, different people like that, the church. And um, so I'd go into situations and two of the hoarders actually died in their homes in the course of us trying to help them. Um, mm. So it, it, it was very, there was a lot of things I had to work out with that because, you know, they're, it, how guilty you feel that you couldn't help them soon enough, you know, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of a lot of time just looking back and then thinking in the future, what what do people really need to learn from this? I learned so much from doing this in the course of years. So what do people really need? You know, what can I help get people a leg up on so they don't have to go through all this other stuff that people have gone through in the past? So that's how it's been developed. And I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. I think it's going to be really good. It's going to go along with the app very well. So
1: What an exciting time. And I want to talk yeah. about that app in, in a few minutes. But you mentioned yeah. a, a moment ago, COVID, did the mm-hmm. lockdown, surely it had to have an impact on your business. Is that accurate? And if so, how did you respond to that? Well, we all,
0: many of us worked during COVID. Um, Some of the organizers, the ones that have cleaning services, they were in cleaning offices 24 7. I mean, the offices had them in all the time, sanitizing and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they had more work than they could handle. Um, Others of us that weren't cleaning services, I got called from a lot of clients who had parents, maybe in assisted livings and facilities here in the area, because they wouldn't let family members in, but they would let organizers in. So, we were working in a lot of the facilities and the assist living scenarios. I was dropping off food. Um, I, I mean, you name huh. it. If, if someone called me from out of state and said, remember me, moms in such and such, you helped us move her. Could you go and do, you know, X or we're moving her out of this facility into another one. So we did a lot of moves. It wasn't as much. We weren't as busy as we normally were, but we didn't completely stop.
1: And did, did that also present the opportunity? Is that is that about when in the timeline you started developing this app that you briefly mentioned a yes. moment
0: ago? I don't sit still well. So when I had downtime, <laughs> I thought, how am I going to take my one-to-one, my helping this, per- this little person here and this little person here and make it a one-to-many model? Like there's a way to do this. And I started to write down what the biggest problems were, what the biggest impediments were to people letting go of stuff. Hmm. And... And, and also, I started to really think about, because we would hear, you know, during COVID about everybody having a glass of wine and just shopping online. I thought, with all of that coming in, by the time this thing ends, they're going to be mired down in their houses. And where is it going to go? <laughs> so, <laughs> so there were two parts to that, you know, it's like problematic, you know, and, and people as they age, they don't want to get rid of all their wonderful stuff they've accumulated. But if you, you if you love your stuff so much, you can love people with your stuff even better, and even bigger. And that was the what ended up coming out and becoming the app. So the app is a matching service, not unlike, for example, like an open table does for restaurants. It's a matching service for people looking for a certain type of charity or to place specific objects with charities. And then the charities can also say, Hey, you've got a bed. I've got someone who needs a bed. I would love to get that from you. Um, So we're creating community. We're creating a, a network that works, so people actually know what charities are looking for and what they need and a way for even charities. Sometimes when they get glutted with things they don't need, they can go look and say, Hey, I see you guys need this. Oh, yeah. there? So it's, it's going to help so many people. It's going to help organizers. It's going to help movers. It's going to help the junk luggers who want to be more sustainable. <laughs> um, all those people find places to put things that still have life in them rather than in a landfill, which just gets my goat personally.
1: I love so, this idea. So are we pre-launch? Is it out there? What's that, it's in beta. It's we have beta. passed our security test. We have applied to the, um,
0: the app store and the Google play store. And we are in our, our beta starts Monday with our first cohort of 25 on the donor side mm-hmm. and we'll do a, a test on the charity side subsequent to that. So in a couple of weeks, so yeah, we're, we're there. We're just, uh, just growing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. And and we want to continue to follow the story. So uh, ah. maybe we swing back around and we talk about it. Maybe we even have you and someone you're collaborating with on the show mm-hmm. to talk about that that collaboration. So yeah. outside, I, I know mm-hmm. you got a lot of irons in the fire. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe you occasionally have some, some other time to, to invest outside the scope of the work that we're talking about. Yeah, is there anything you have a tendency to to nerd out about, like a whole other hobby that's just like for me? I like to hunt and fish. Most of my listeners know that, but not everybody does, and that's my thing. My wife is real artsy. She is there something that you have a tendency to nerd out about that really doesn't have anything to do with organizing or? This? Well,
0: besides self help books, which I I love to read. I'm a big reader, but. Uh, and I, I constantly like my, my NAPO friends, my organizer friends will tell you I was president for two years. and I was constantly. Like, have you read this? Have you seen that? <laughs> I'm just a big book person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, I'm on the board for our local nature center here and I'm a big bird fanatic. So, huh. uh, yeah, we have a bird banding. We do maple tapping, which is coming up. We have a forest to table dinner every year now with local chefs that do, um, you know, farm to table cuisine kind of things. So it's really fun um it's very holistic as sort of my thing uh sort of my shtick, but but it's a fun group of people and it it's uh where I you know I used to take my daughter growing up I used to take her hiking all, all through there we're very outdoorsy we camp we own campgrounds so we have <laughs> a couple of those too in the family Oh my so gosh we, we're outdoorsy
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can see that and yeah. and I often uh ask my guests to to share a a uh, couple, two or three pro tips in, you know, whatever their expertise is. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm interested in any pro tips you might share with those of us who want to get more organized. I mean, the yeah. the, the, the primary pro tip gang is, is uh, reach out to Jen, have a conversation with her or somebody on her team. And so interested in any pro tips, but above and beyond that, you've actually crafted kind of a job aid, a tool to help guide people yes. th- through that. So, so speak to that as well.
0: I do have a fun little freebie PDF on my website. My website is uh, cleansweepconsulting.net. And on there on our homepage, there's a, you can click the link and get a link to the 101 things you can get, you can downsize today. You can easily purge from your home, from your space. And uh, so it's just a starter list. It's just, you know, one of those brain dumps that I did one day. I thought, oh yeah, I can get going on this. I got on a roll. (laughs) (laughs) So I I give that out at a lot of my presentations, and I think the other pro tip is get creative. You know, um, we had a a, a gentleman whose wife had passed on, and he had it's in the story is in the book, but I'll I'll make it in a nutshell. And he wanted to, he hired me to help rehome items before he passed away because he was starting to to decline. So we went, his daughter and I, and we went through his. Items and we found that he had these beautiful 1950s hats, ball gowns, gloves, all these things. We found local theaters that wanted them.
1: Oh. And the theaters
0: had costume collections. And they were doing a show like literally 30 days after that, where they needed the hats and the gloves and whatnot. And they gave him free tickets. So he got to donate the items to the costume collection so they could be used on an ongoing basis. And he got to go to the show. So there's ways to be super creative: make a phone call, ask a question um you know there's lots of places like that in your area that you can you can um, offload some things to but have a really good feeling about what it's used for
1: what a terrific and inspiring story and and you've added to my vocabulary rehome i like re-home. that we're going to rehome this this item and i mm-hmm. i mentioned briefly that my wife is really into the theater and the arts and all that stuff i mean she would be that's a marvelous idea
0: oh yeah especially because some of the shows that are older they need period clothing. You yeah, know, they need yeah. That era. So it's amazing with the aging population, how you can get your hands on some amazing things. And there's costume uh, rentals that take military uniforms and all kinds of things like that, which I've run across many times. So I have my little, you know, spots that I go to and things like that. But uh, there, you know, you can be super creative with where the things go. Just uh, think outside the box a little bit.
1: Yeah. So what's next? Uh, it sounds like you got a lot going on with the app and the book coming out. Do, are there any designs on, I don't know, replicating this and having the, you know, the Jen Hurd methodology licensed out there to other organizers? I don't know. What's what's next down the road, you think?
0: I have coached a number of, of startup organizers, and that's a blast. And it's oh, wow. really. Fun. And the nice thing is, if I get a really big project, I know I can call them because I train them. <laughs> so, <"Hey, you> <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. So, so that's been a really great part of that. But, um, yeah, I may at some point do that. I think what I'll probably do first is take the book and the twelve-week program and 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 turn that into more of a coaching program where I actually interact. I love facilitating groups; it's a blast. Um, so I, I've done a lot of it in my past in my work history. So, I think I will do something where I'm having some fun meetings and groups and, and discussions about what we talk about in there.
1: Well, I'm quite sincere. We want to continue to follow this story, so I hope you'll come back and visit with us at, at various uh, spots as this as this unfolds. All right, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you, access the book app, but you know, maybe at this point, just have a conversation with you or, or begin that relationship, whatever you think is appropriate. Email, LinkedIn, website, whatever works for you.
0: Sure. Well, I am on LinkedIn. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am and I'm on Twitter. But Um, You can find CleanSweepConsulting.net is the webpage. That's really where you can sign up for my email list and receive ongoing information about organizing, coaching, the book, et cetera, on that side. And then the app is just at LoveBigger.com. And um, so you can go there to get on the mailing list so you'll know when we're coming to your city. We're going to roll out sort of big city by big city and then state. So um, we'll be announcing the cities coming up. But Detroit is city number one because that's where we are. And uh, so that'll be very soon this spring.
1: Well, Jen, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show. Thanks for sharing your insight and your perspective. This uh, this has been informative, inspiring, and uh, like I said, I've added to my vocabulary. I'm going to think about rehoming some some items. I'm going to feel so smart when I go talk to Holly uh, about <laughs> this. But no, the work you're doing is so important, and it's impacting so many different lives and so many. Ways, please keep up the good work, and let's, let's yeah. do stay connected. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, Stone. Thanks for having me.
1: My pleasure. All right, until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Jen Hurd with Clean Sweep Consulting and Love Bigger, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying, we'll see you in the fast lane.